Hello. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> we sound, it's very like NPR. Hello. Hello. How are you, Josephine? I'm good, Miss Wendy. How are you? <laughs> I am becoming. Oh. Hashtag I am becoming. Girl, has it been a month? Oh, God. I had a great October. So you good. had a fantastic November. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to our time of the month. We're going to break down your monthly flow of arts. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. Um, good Lord. Oh, my Jesus. <laughs> I'd just like to state for the record that Joe's been a royal slacker this month, and I have arted my ass off. I know. Someone has scheduled international travel. She is doing retroactive stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Like, Miss Wendy's bringing it this month. Listen, come for me, y'all. Yeah. Here we go. He's like, get on my level, Joe. Level up. I, I, I'm like, I'm like low key disappointed in you. She is gayer than me this month. Let's put it that way. Like, yeah, I'm more of a homosexual man than you are. I know. I I mean, I, I, yeah. Well, you have to live with that. How do you feel about that? You know, (laughs) you know, I can do better, you know, you know what? I still haven't watched one day at a time though. So (laughs) I feel like we're even, (laughs) I would be like. Thought you would, it's like Rita Moreno. Well, I know. Never mind. I well, just I haven't gone there. You know yet. what? At this point, you should just wait <laughs> until season like until the next season comes Probably. out. Probably uh-huh. and just see, like and then just wait because <laughs> then then you can just binge three seasons of Does it. Does that make us even? Okay. Yes, that'll be that'll make us even. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I need to let you at least listen to the re, re the revamped theme song by Gloria Estefan and the Miami Sound Machine. You know how I feel about some of yeah. <laughs> You know I live in. It makes you want to like dance a conga, you of know. Of course like. it does. <laughs> oh, she is everything. One day at a time. <laughs> we are. <we're, laughs> I love that. Like almost a full year later, we're like still. We're hung still up talking on this. about one day and, at a time. Uh, listen, well, God bless you, Netflix. Hey, Rita Moreno's been in the news. She like was doing, um, like what is it in the Heights, and then she wasn't doing in the Heights, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, you know. I have not seen her in the news. What? What? Uh, the movie? Well, of my, yeah. So my friend texted me. He's all like, it was like Broadway.com or Playbill.com. Some gay news outlet mm-hmm. was like, here, you know, Rita Moreno uh, um, signed on to be Abuela Claudia in mm-hmm. in, in the Heights. Oh, she'd be perfect. And then not like two hours later, the same website he sent me another article, and he's like, actually, just kidding. She's not confirmed to do in the Heights. Well, that's just shitty reporting. Yeah. No. Oh, well. so, you know. Um. You that's wanna... what's wrong with this country. Well, shall I give us the breakdown? Get, go for it, Whoopi. All right, here we go. So we're gonna discuss. Um, let's do this in order. Um, let's discuss Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. And then we're going to discuss Becoming. Mm. Oh, God. Then we're going to discuss um, my trip to Paris. Yeah. Uh, for the week of Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. during which I watched a couple of plane movies, as I had said I would. <laughs> and she has feelings. And I feel feelings. So we're going to talk about that. Um, A.K.A. Wendy reads Joe to filth. <laughs> to filth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then we're going to talk about um, the Dancing with the Stars finale. Now, last month... <laughs> We went all the way in on DWTS, and like we had 
so much to say about it that it kind of dominated our month of conversation. Um, we won't go too not, much into mm, it. We promise yeah. we won't go too much into it. I, you know what? I feel like we owe you a retroactive apology for that. Like, <laughs> just, there was so much ballroom talk. We didn't even really talk <laughs> about it. We didn't it. even know we had that much to say about it. But like when the finale <laughs> happened. But we, the finale is what we're talking about today. And then we didn't even really talk about we it. We haven't. We haven't discussed it. We're saving it all for here right she, now. Yes. Oh, Lord Jesus. Okay. Y'all, we need Jesus. Okay, then we're gonna uh, gonna kick it over to you with some local theater yes. and some Netflix shows. That Netflix we're shows because it's that time of year when it's cold and you just mm. want to stay in your house and <laughs> watch a Netflix with your cup of Lipton noodle soup. Exactly, <laughs> Lipton noodle soup, and you're oh, you yes. know like and you're wearing your like oversized caftan you're just wearing a blanket yes. out in public yeah uh, yeah listen i get it okay so let's talk about bo rap bohemian rhapsody what do you think that's how that song goes by the way too yes. bohemian <laughs> rhapsody this is the this is the miss wendy remix. that's it mm-hmm. she by held wendy and joe sh- bohemian sh- rhapsody she held her like hand up to her we are the world shirt. style straight yeah. up i was like uh-huh <laughs> instead of you no. <laughs> Um, okay, now again, is this an area that you have failed in? Did you not see it? I did not see it. I I kind of didn't see it because there were. So here, so here's the thing. I don't. I I believe less and less about uh, of like I'm not gonna go for like a moral reason or anything. Because mm-hmm. if you want to go see something, you should go see it because you know mm-hmm. art is subjective and people make the meaning and all that kind of stuff. But there were enough of my queer gay. And all the in-between friends who were like, they saw it and didn't like it. Really? That it influenced me enough to not even make the effort to go see it. Interesting. Yeah. And the criticisms that they had, so specifically my friends that did see it, and they thought, because like, you know, going in, it's Freddie Mercury, it's, you know, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. It looks big and glossy. And mm-hmm. those are things that I love. I've actually been looking forward to the Freddie Mercury biopic ever since it was, um, ever since Sasha Baron Cohen was originally in talks to That to was play a movie him. I really wanted to see, yeah. Yeah. And so... And then when it was announced that like Rami Malek was going to take over, I was like, oh, okay, well, now I kind of really want to see it. Uh But then enough people saw it for me to discourage me from seeing it. And now it's like, it's now it's like Netflix plane, I'll stream it, you know, but I don't think I (laughs) want to see it. You'll see it on a plane. I'll see it on Um, a plane. But yeah, the main criticisms of it were that it like played up the homosexuality and then you and please when you because you actually saw it so you i can, saw it yeah and so it played up the homosexuality um in like a really weird way that didn't make like it just didn't it didn't look good like the the way that they represented it was kind of weird mm. and um people i mean obviously had their their notions about, you know, Rami Malek playing this, you know, queer icon and him being like, you know, uh-huh. straight. But that, you know, that aside, it was kind of how the film addressed it as this. So the thing, thing. is, I don't think that the film addressed it. It wasn't a mm. film about him being gay. Mm. It was a film about Queen mm. as a band. Mm-hmm. And so I think for so many people going into it who wanted to see the Freddie Mercury story, mm-hmm. there were elements of it of course because he was the front man um and so his his big huge lavish lifestyle and like the shitty people that they worked with and blah 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 but 
um, in the end, it was about the band. Now, as a movie, like the story of Queen <laughs> wasn't all that exciting to me. Yeah. I will say that Rami Malek's performance was transcendent. Really? It w- was killer. It was amazing. And so, like, just, just the, the, like, influx of all of this music that you forgot came from them, the music that you forgot you loved so deeply, mm-hmm. and all of those songs and their origin stories and the timeline of it, albeit however they fudged the timeline of things, mm-hmm. um, it was still like a movie of like a big, huge scale. Was it A Star is Born? No, mm-hmm. not at all. But Rami Malek did his fucking homework. And watching like almost the full 20 minutes of the Live Aid performance at the end Oh wow! was amazing. So I went to go see it again at the lot. Just bougie because I had a gift card. Yeah. And so um Get Miss Wendy some gift cards. Listen, y'all. I was like, gift card to the lot. I'm gonna order me a full dinner and dessert. Yeah. I'm gonna sit in this couch. Glass of wine. No. <laughs> no, but I was like, I'll have that like berry tart out front, please. Thank you. Yes. And along with this grilled cheese and this soup and what up. So um so So a humble dinner. <laughs> it was a humble dinner. <laughs> extravagantly like eaten by tiny little flashlight, you know, in the movie theater. (laughs) Um, But, but, um, when it got to the live aid performance, Mm -hmm. now this is me dating myself, but, or aging myself, but I remember being a little, little kid and watching live aid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I remember that concert and I remember it being broadcast and like all of the craziness of, of that, like the hype of it. Mm -hmm. Um, that specific performance of Queen at Live Aid was like, it still to this day goes down as one of the top 10 live performances in music history ever. It was so tight. It was, um, unifying. It was Mm -hmm. thrilling. And it was also the first time that Freddie Mercury came out on stage, just unabashedly queer, um, wearing his own clothes and his own skin. Um, and it was, it was like, 80s gay like that classic 80s mm-hmm, gay like the mm-hmm. wife beater the high tight jeans like the, leather, the black the... studded armband mm-hmm. like all of those things that um he was unapologetically himself and his call and response with the audience and all of that so queen was the only band at live aid that went over 20 minutes i believe mm-hmm. they went like 21 and um and also they played louder than the other bands because the Queen's producers like upped the volume mm-hmm. on their band. So like they sounded bigger than anyone else who played at the festival. Um, and they they had such a tight set. It was just bananas. And so I was sitting there with my friend. We were watching it. And we were both like, oh, my God, I want to go back. And sure as shit, I went back like the next day and watched the full 20 minutes on YouTube, the full 21 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And oh my God, like they got that right. If if they got anything in that movie so spot on, hmm. they did Live Aid justice. Okay. And that's what I was thrilled about. Go see it on a plane. You'll be fine. Yeah, I was like, I might have to, see, I might have to see it on a plane. See it on a plane. I, I will be mad. Oh, I mean, we're about to talk some plane movies soon. So We're about like, to talk some plane okay. movies. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. Well, thank you for that. I... It's that's the thing is that sometimes 
sometimes I get influenced by people and then it just happens like, you know, scheduling and whatever, whatever, whatever. But then I don't times, think it was it was not pitched to me or advertised to me as a queer film about a gay icon. It wasn't it wasn't the Freddie Mercury story. It was the Queen story. Mm. See, I thought it was the Freddie Mercury story. And I think the people who I think people wanted it to be. They wanted and it that's to be. the disappointment. Yeah. 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 So there you okay. go. Shall we move on to our forever first lady and her uh, her ooh. beautiful novel? You mean are we gonna get her are we gonna get high memoir? because people being low? Listen, when high? they go low, we go high. Yeah. Um, so Michelle Obama's memoir, Becoming, mm. was released mid month, and I had pre ordered a copy, so it arrived on my door the Monday or so before I went to Paris, so like a week before I left. Um, wow. That's a blessing. <laughs> yes. Except that I didn't want to bring the book with me on a plane because oh, it. it felt like it's a book that like, I just want to like keep it safe and, and yeah. I didn't want to even crack the spine on it. It was like, You're just you gonna, know, I just wanted just to like, like frame it. <laughs> I know. Kind of. Um, Shadow box. So it. I was like, well, should I like Kindle this for the plane or whatever? Um, and then I was like, who am I kidding? I'm not going to be reading on the plane. I'm totally just going to be like watching all the movies. I'll get to that in a moment. (laughs) (laughs) But but I got on to, and I've kind of always been curious about Audible. Okay. Do you do Audible? I have done Audible, yes. Okay. I, yeah. I have have opinions about Audible that are good. Good opinions. Yeah. Well, and that's it. Like, once I asked, I had started to hear nothing but positive reviews of Audible. Mm-hmm. I'm not generally an audiobook person, but I've kind of recent in recent years become a podcast person. Mm-hmm. There's not much of a big difference listening to people talk. The thing was, Michelle Obama recorded her own book. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that Michelle Obama would read to me... <laughs> her life story. Her life story, and that it was like she was reading me to bed or talking to me while I was getting ready for work... Or like setting up my Christmas tree. I was like, "Your head is in her God lap." Goddamn right, Michelle Obama. She's you read with me your, your story. Yes, um, <laughs> yes, all of it. Yes. So okay. I, you know, when you sign up for Audible, you get a free uh, one free book, and so I was like, "You're oh, getting okay. that book." It didn't cost me anything, so I mm-hmm. got her Audible, and uh, and she read me her book, and I finished it this morning. As of recording. I also, like, I recorded, I also, like, read along and all of that, like, but, oh, God. I miss her so much. Mm-hmm. And everyone I've talked to who's read her book is also, like, of that mind of, yep. we just miss them so much. And to, like, she, I mean, she goes in. She goes in on a lot of things, on infertility. She goes in on mm-hmm. race. She goes in on uh, being painted as the angry black woman, Um and she goes in on how much they were up against from the right. And we forget that now looking, especially because we were so in the camp of the Obamas. Right. Mm -hmm. But we forget the kind of hatred and like just like poison that they were up against all the time. How much their very existence galvanized this Mm -hmm. like fundamentalist the mess that we're in now exactly yeah. fundamentalist extremist right wing. exactly yeah so it was um it was really interesting to hear her reflect on that and like and read all of it like mm-hmm. 
as as it was then, like from from her point of view. So, um, and also just how little their kids were when they entered the White House and mm-hmm. what that was like to set norms for them and create normalcy and put them in school, but what that meant for kids to even have play dates and things like that when they are the first children of the United States. Yeah. Um, and like the first children of like color mm-hmm. for a very like for, you know, I mean, he was like a very incendiary president mm-hmm. because of just him and his body and exactly. them and their bodies. Exactly. And she says that like in the, at, in the end of her book, she talks about the fact that they are one of 11 first families who, um, who lived in the White House for a full eight years, a full two terms. They're only one of 11 families who have done that. Um, and they will forever be the first black family. Mm-hmm. And she was, you know, we hope not the only, but mm. the first family of color to live in the White House God ever. Willing, yeah. yeah. So. Ooh, who are, hold on. For only 11 mm-hmm. presidents? Two have terms. Had their, mm-hmm. Two terms. Two term presidents, 11. Wow. Yeah. So, sorry, but then you think about um, the fact that there have only been 45 presidents Mm -hmm. in our country's nation. Like, we forget how young our country is. It's Mm -hmm. still developing. And um, so the history of presidents, and she was talking about the fact that as first lady, that's an undefined job. Yeah. And so there were only a handful of human beings living on the planet who understood the experience of what it was like to move into that house. Mm-hmm. And what it was like to live there and to have that staff and to shoulder that responsibility. So she was talking about like the living first ladies of Hillary Clinton, Nancy Reagan, and or not, what well, no, Nancy Reagan was not living. Um, uh, um, at the time, Bush, Barbara, yeah, Barbara, Barbara Bush, Bush, and then uh, Laura, Laura Bush, um, and just is, and is Carter Jacqueline also, Kenny? yeah, Jacqueline Carter, yeah, um, not Jacqueline Carter. Oh, sorry, what's her name? Whatever her name is. Mrs. Carter. Mrs. Carter. Uh, <laughs> the other Mrs. Carter, June, not Beyonce. Not, not June Carter. No, June <laughs> not, Carter Cash. Not June Carter no. Cash. Anyway, we don't know all not of our be- first ladies. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, well. I was anyway, like, uh, I know. I'm Joe, looking look it up, it up right I'm now. It up. <laughs> <laughs> look it up so that we sound smart. Do it. Go. Regardless, um, it's, it's Rosalind. Rosalind Ros- Carter. Thank God. I didn't even get to the Wikipedia. Uh, I was like, I know you. her name. I know it's Rosalind Carter. Rosalind yes. Carter. So. <laughs> She just talks about it being such a rare thing and to shoulder the responsibility and to carry the weight of being the first woman of color in such an already rare position. You mm-hmm. know, she talks about meeting the queen and meeting Nelson Mandela and, um, but also like just being real. And she very, very honestly talks about her childhood and growing up on the South side and like, and just like very humble beginnings and like her finding a career path and and her being a businesswoman and a lawyer and like it's just so honorable and mm-hmm. so honest and and she's just at the end of the day just trying to be like a real strong role model and mom. Yeah. You know, and she's someone who just loves her man and it's it's such a good book. It's so good. And I miss her that lot. Did you learn anything? I mean, I I will read it mm-hmm. or I will listen to her talk to me. Um, in like my car in traffic, just, yeah, you know, Michelle. that's a lot of what it, yeah. But did you, was there anything that you were like surprised about? Like, was there anything that generally kind of like you 
you that gave you more insight into her and mm-hmm. in, into her life in terms of like that you know because there's things where it's like we can kind of guess that there was all of these things that were looming in the background but was there something that was just completely like you just you had no idea that you were surprised that she even wanted to mention yeah there's a um a specifically i think her talk about in infertility mm, mm-hmm. um and as a whim as a woman who like watches you when we watch our friends have babies or try to have babies it's this conversation that everyone's afraid to have until you know people who are in it mm-hmm. and who are struggling with it and people who struggle with fertility people who have miscarried who have lost babies um so hearing her talk about that was really eye opening because she lost a child and then they had to do several rounds of in vitro mm. um well, and then for Malia, and mm-hmm. then they did one round of in vitro for Sasha. Um, so here oh, they did in vitro both times. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, because she was like well into her thirties at that point. I mean, we are also living in a time where women have babies well into their forties. Yeah, but she talks about the fact that fertility is a thing that no one warns you about. The age limit on your eggs and on your body, like no one talks about it. So she said that. Um, if she had women, young women on her staff that were newly married or trying to have babies or starting thinking about starting a family, she said there was not a single person in the White House or on her staff who did not know every detail of her story and that she was very open about like giving advice and, and opening up the conversation about miscarriage and fertility because, because miscarrying alone can feel really mm-hmm. um, isolating and and sad and and um and you can feel like your body failed you or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that and she's like we just need to break the stigma of that that it's so common and so she just like she was just that honest and opening like open for her whole book it that should have been her campaign right <laughs> that should have been you know not like i mean i mean great for school lunches and you know fresh mm-hmm. vegetables and all that stuff and turn up for what but so much of the book too she talks about the garden mm. and the garden being this beautiful metaphor for her mm-hmm. eight years there too and um and i didn't realize like how much of an impact the garden had like we kind of knew of it throughout mm-hmm. the eight years but realizing like how much she was doing with just that plot of land on the, the the white house lawns was pretty huge wow yeah well i'm excited read it i mean it's beautiful i'm giving that as gifts this year Please like do. i'm just like you you need yeah you need this it's um, so good quick so good. word about audible Go. Right. So I was an Audible subscriber for a couple years. Mm-hmm. And by subscriber, I mean like um, I forgot that I had it for a little bit uh-huh. <laughs> and I had all these credits uh-huh. saved up because every time. So the way Audible works is that you pay a monthly and then every month you get a credit for a book. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do additional books, you can always pay for it. But some most people just you wait. You get like to, a discount. Yeah. Almost, but yeah. most people just wait for that free book. Mm-hmm. And so when I remembered that I had like all these credits, I was like, okay, the thing thing that I love so the the books that I like to listen to on Audible are exactly like Michelle's book they are memoirs or autobiographies read by the person who has lived it Trevor Noah's book is supposed to be amazing cuz he reads oh, it Oh yeah is that Born a Crime mm-hmm. right so he reads it um 
And so of the books that I have, uh, I've read, read quote unquote, cause it's an audio book. Um, Tiffany Haddish's book, mm. the last black unicorn. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Good to know. And she like, the thing about it too, is that she, the thing in an audible in, in audio books, they acknowledge at some points that like, this is only for the people who are listening to the audiobook. Ah. So it's like, and this is for people, you know, in the audiobook, And then like, it's it, Tiffany Hash specifically. She did like she was talking about like a man who wronged her and how she was like plotting revenge with like the girl with the girl who like he was stepping out on her with, and she did this like really like this Jamaican accent for the girl. But at no point in the in the text did she ever mention that she was Jamaican. Uh-huh. But because she remembers who the girl was and she's you know very vibrant and vivid with her like with the way that she does these voices she just did it in a jamaican accent because the girl was happened to be jamaican Mm -hmm. so like those that kind of texture the other book that's really good that i would recommend that i haven't read i haven't read yet but it's supposed to be really good is parker posey's memoir Ooh. so parker posey so parker posey wrote this wrote her memoir and it's called you're sitting on a plane and the audiobook and the book are written as if you're on a long plane ride sitting next to Parker Posey. Shut up. And so Joshua actually listened to the lot. Uh, Joshua, you know, shout out to producer Joshua. He set, um, he uh, read the, listened to the audiobook, and it's like, it's produced in such a way where you actually hear like the ambient sounds of a plane in the background and she's speaking in this like low tone. And then she, like you hear a cart pass by and she's like, oh, can I get some ice for my drink? Like, it's her telling you her story of her life, but, Shut like, you're up. sitting next to her on a plane. Hold, because I'm totally writing this down. You're sitting on a plane? Yeah, it's like, it's like you're sitting on a plane, or but it's Parker Posey specifically. Um, I listened to, um, I started listening to The Mother of Black Hollywood, Jennifer Lewis's mm. book, because she reads it. And I remember her giving an interview, like... You know, I they asked me to tone it down, and it's like I'm Jennifer Lewis. <laughs> I can't tone it down, but yeah. I needed to. Um, and then the the book that really got me hooked, the book that started all of this, was Intimacy Idiot by Isaac Oliver, hmm. and he is a TV writer. He's a playwright. His book, his memoir, it was just like he does. His prose is so is so perfect for like spoken word performance Mm -hmm. that it was as if like a friend was telling me about their life. And it was one of like the few books by a queer, uh, by a queer author, by a gay man that I felt so seen by. Cool. And, um, I got to meet him last, last year, which Mm -hmm. was really great. But yeah, that's the book that all started it, but it's so worth it. If you are that person who has a job where you, you have a tough commute, like, and you're going to have, like, that sustained time. And even if you just like to sit in your house and just have the voice of the person around mm-hmm. you, it's really great. Well, I've never been a morning TV watcher. Ah, mm-hmm. Like, I never turn on the TV in the morning mm-hmm. when I'm getting ready or trying to get out the door. Like, I just have mm-hmm. never done that. Um, so I always, even, like, when I was little, like, getting ready for school, I'd listen to the radio in the morning. And then, um, yeah. So even now, like, while I'm getting ready for work... You know, I either listen to like music or a podcast mm-hmm. and then get out the door. But lately I've been like, oh, I want to wake up early because I want to like listen to Michelle Obama read me more of her book. Yeah. So I'd be like listening while I was getting ready for work and then also on my commute. So I was able to like burn through the book in like a couple days real quick. Awesome. And so, yeah, I think, hey, Audible, I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. Yeah. There it is. Um, okay. 
So I went to Paris this month. Oh, my God. As I was going to Paris, now you might remember a couple months ago when Josephine discussed Love, Simon. Ah, Oh, we're doing that first. We're getting into it because I want to talk about the movies I saw on the plane on the way over. Um, Josephine discussed Love, Simon. And I said at the time, yeah, I'll see it on a plane. You totally (laughs) did. So I'm sure I did. Um, Well, then, true to my word, I saw it on a plane. I'm ready. (laughs) I, I hated it. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Hated it. Um, I thought it was such a cliched tickety-tack-tack. <laughs> Little boxes on the hillside, tickety-tack. Ro- like, like wanting to be a rom-com, and I get that it was like pivotal that it was focused on a gay character, but it was also so problematic mm-hmm. in that this idea of someone being outed Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, fucking Simon is the one who fucking outs the dude, like who outs Blue in the end too. I'm like, mm-hmm. problematic, motherfucker. Yeah. I hated it. As I was watching it, also, really <laughs> poor use of Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody. Don't even talk to me about that. <laughs> oh, you that. mean when Simon goes to UCLA? I, uh, <laughs> I wanted, I was like, got up out my, I turned around, I looked down the aisle at Julia, I was like, the fuck is this sh- I'm watching? Like, what Josephine is crazy. I got up out my seat, had to take a bathroom break because <laughs> Julie was sitting in another row, my friend who I traveled with. So I got up, I like walked out, I tapped her shoulder, interrupted her movie. I'm like, we need to talk. <laughs> it's like, you need to be watching this. I need to talk to somebody. She was like, girl, I know. She, she, Cause she also hated it. Uh-oh. She was like, I just think it's really problematic. And I was like, I'm going to stick it out. I have to watch it through the rest of this movie. I like, <laughs> I know that there is value in me watching this. And I because the children people I was like, but I don't know. Like I think it's a poor movie for the children people to watch because I don't think it's enough that it's just like you have a movie about a gay character. Like, and that's why there were all of these like gay celebrities like buying out theaters and having screenings of it and like culturally, okay, I get that you want to do that for the youth, but look at what that movie is also saying to the children people. Yeah. So it's a tacky fucking rom-com that's forcing each other to out each other. Like what? So, mm. Mm. so, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? So I watched it twice in theaters. I did my like gay due diligence of trying that's to right, make you it. You watched six, it twice. I watched it twice. <laughs> the first time I was just like, so I was just like, I was like, you know, I was like in my feelings. I was Kiki, do you love me? I was all about that. I was in my feelings <laughs> about that film. And then I watched it the second time and I was like, and then, you know, I watched it a third time because I, I, after I watched it the first time, I pre-ordered it on iTunes. And so like months later when it came out, Girl. I watched it again. Hey, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Greg Berlanti, who directed it and mm-hmm. also helped adapt it, he's a gay man. Uh-huh. And the 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 my the things about it, it's not without its problems. Especially after having read the book, mm. I listened to the audiobook uh, for Simon versus Simon versus the Homo Sapiens mm. Agenda, which the book is much better, and the book was more fulfilling to me as a like as a as a gay man. Mm-hmm. The what I focused on a lot for that movie was just like there, you know, there was nothing. There was nothing at the time that like was mainstream, like the, the reach of this movie is going to be such that, you know, little, 
little Bobby Joe whatever in Pocatello, Idaho, you know, could could potentially see it. And 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 that's kind of the reach and that will hopefully spark and they will find other culture. Should this be like the formative text for I anybody? will push back on that. I so I mm, so mm, <laughs> I think for Bobby Joe in Pocatello, Idaho. <laughs> Someone who is living in fear of coming mm-hmm. out could see a movie like that mm-hmm. and retreat further into the closet for fear of being outed in such a way. Okay. I think that the Fair. wrong kind of representation mm-hmm. does way more damage than the right kind of representation. Yeah. And I, th- okay. I mean, or then I think the wrong kind of representation does more damage than no representation at all. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I mean, yay for representation, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, it mm. it would. I wasn't here for it. Moment like the Gen- the Jennifer Garner moment. Okay, that I will say was I I felt like she was the one redeeming performance of that movie. Yeah. Josh Duhamel, no, no. Josh Duhamel, like it was very clunky how they handled the dad. The dad character was super problematic. All of the friend situations were. So fucking tacky and formulated. Oh, you mean where they made it about them? His oh, whole coming out. God damn it! All of it. <laughs> and I was the fact like, that he was like doing ugh, things because he. I was, hate yeah. you. Yeah, all of those friends. Yeah. I was like, get over yourselves. And, um, yeah, Jennifer Garner was the only character in that where I felt any kind of emotion or sympathy, and I felt like she got that conversation right. She did get that. Con- I thought she got that conversation right. Yeah. There. There's a deleted scene that in the film that they deleted from the film, but which would have been so much better because like there in the book he it happens at the beginning of the break and so then they actually the friends have time to process it. In the book there isn't this like subplot of Simon being a master manipulator manipulating mm-hmm. his friends so that way, you know, there's there it, that's not there yeah. in the in the book. And they accept him a little bit. They accept him faster and they don't make it about them. It's like, why are you trying to break us up? And then like they like the moment I like I scoffed audibly the first time I saw it when they was like I was like, oh, they're making it about them. <laughs> and yeah. like the gaze around me looked at me and I'm like, Well, they are because it's not they are. It's like the 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 factors of why he did it is because he's just because of homophobia, because of homophobia and he's so afraid. But that being said, like in the book, there's a scene where Nick takes him to um, takes him to a gay bar, and says like, you know, if if like you, I want to see you happy. I'm happy for you, my friend. But we need to. I'm not gay. I need to get you out to other pla- to places where gay people are. And so the problematic thing about that is that they're both like 17. So they're 17 sneaking into an Atlanta like gay bar, um, and then things happen. There's a there's a richer conversation with the parents right after that. Cause like, that's how they're supposed to catch him drinking. It's not with him and uh, Leah. And then also this uh, gets, I hated Leah. The, oh, well the, in the book, they, they allude to it more in the book because Leah actually has her own book in the, in the series mm-hmm. because she will come out as bisexual in the second one. Well, that was what I thought in the movie too. I thought that she was in love with the homegirl. Like that's what that the they, they yeah. that's what I thought as well. I did not like the fact that they played up the Leah is in love with Simon I thing. I hated it. It was so was like, like Will and Grace tacky. Yes, it was. Also why Will and Grace is not funny anymore. No, they, they should have stopped after last They season. needed to stop when they stopped. 
Yeah. Anyway, that's a sidebar. Did you <laughs> watch Will and Grace on the plane as well? No, I didn't. Okay. No, no, no. What else did you watch on the plane? Okay. So anyway, those are my thoughts on Love, Simon. Um, <laughs> I Again, I understand the, the cultural responsibility and like the, the moment mm-hmm. in our cultural history. And I think that, cool, exposure, awesome. But in the end... Hindsight's twenty twenty, man. I'm sorry. That I, movie. I, I I look back on like I mean that was only a couple months ago, yeah. but like it was it was more things that happened in that film that hit me on an emotional level that I didn't even know I still had feelings about. Yeah, that's what resonated. That's why the film resonated with me so much. Got it. Because I had kind of like an online pen pally thing with a guy that I was interested in, uh-huh. and like yeah, yeah. It, yeah, so yeah, that's that's for after. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I also watched The Incredibles too. Did you like it? I did. I did. Which I, you know, again, that was another one. I was like, meh. I'll see it on a plane. Definitely saw it on a plane. <laughs> and then I watched. Um, I rewatched the first three episodes of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is just television perfection. Yeah, absolutely. And season two is coming out next month. That's on the list for December. That is on the December list. And yeah, so anyway. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, all that to say, I watched that on the way to Paris. Want to talk about Paris? (laughs) Tell me. I've never been to Europe, by the way. Okay. You've been to Southeast Asia, though. I've been. I was like, I've been to the other side of the world. <laughs> you go the other to, way. Yeah, <laughs> I go the other way. So I've never been to Southeast Asia or Asia in general. I have only been to Europe and yes. and all that. So we are we are the world. We, you and you I. You and I. We are the United <laughs> Colors in, of Benetton. We we've met in the middle <laughs> at the United States. Yes. Here. Yes. This place is the cross section of the world. Yeah. Um, so I've done, and what's interesting is like, as I was setting up my Christmas tree this week, mm-hmm. um, I pulled out all of these new ornaments that I had never hung on my tree before. And I realized I did a lot of traveling this year <laughs> and I bought a lot of ornaments from around the world, which was so cool. So. Oh my God. It's like I an know, around the world it tree. It really was. So I had like um, a Denmark thing and I had an Amsterdam thing and, um, and then, yeah, and then I put France on my tree, too. Yeah, because this is, like, what, the second, in a year, this is the second, like, Miss Wendy travels. This is the second international tour I've mm-hmm. taken. Because over spring break, I did four countries. God, jeez. But over spring break, I did Copenhagen and Amsterdam, mm-hmm. so Denmark and the Netherlands. But I had, uh, and then I also did Rome and London. Mm-hmm. And I had been to Rome and London before, mm-hmm. but... Anyway, um, so Paris. This was just one week in one city, Paris. Um, we had a bomb deal. We like bundled our flight and hotel and all that together, and we wound up staying this like beautiful four star hotel in Montmartre, mm. which is uh, hotel life. Yes, yeah. It was so it was six nights at the ter- uh. terrasse hotel uh and that had like a rooftop balcony or had a rooftop bar overlooking the city at night Mm -hmm. and our room had a view of the eiffel tower and it was like this four-star beautiful modern like deluxe bathroom soaker tub like it was amazing and that is killer it was gorgeous and lovely and it was also freezing in paris that week so it was really nice to like have a soaker tub and be able to come home and like warm your bones you know Mm -hmm. 
Um, but basically we just strapped on our tourist pants and like saw everything because neither of us had been and, um, and we just wanted to see all the sites. So we did all the museums, all of, you know, all of the, all of the things. So the first night we were there, we did, um, the Moulin Rouge. So we went down to mm-hmm. like, and that was in our neighborhood. It was, mm-hmm. you know, right there. Yeah, Montmartre, yeah. Yeah. So we walked down to the Moulin Rouge and it was like, that's it. <laughs> it's, like, it's a red. It's like this weird windmill. storefront, and we're like, "That's it." Okay, that's kind of disappointing. But it's like in the seedy part of like town with like sex shops all around it and stuff. And I was like, "Meh, okay." But then we bought crepes down the street, like mm-hmm. on the street, and that was very exciting. <laughs> so, so that was kind of like our first day there. We just like ate good meal and mm-hmm. and walked around there a little bit. Um, we didn't like see a show at the Moulin Rouge. It's like a t- you know, yeah. overpriced cabaret to go yeah, in yeah, and yeah. see. And so, no. Um, but then we we hit the museums like hard. We just started seeing like everything. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what we did and in what order. We just went, mm-hmm. you know. So You we went s- to the Louvre? We went to the Louvre. We went to the Musée d'Orsay. We did, mm. we did Notre Dame. We did the Rodin Gardens. We did uh, the Catacombs. How were the catacombs? Oh, so cool. We did it at night too. So it was cool. It was real creepy. Um, the catacombs were insane and there's so much history there. So like in right around uh, when America was was forming in like the late 1800s, the French government decided that they were all of a sudden concerned with the health of the city and the health of its citizens. Yeah. So literally... Like, <laughs> they woke up and were like, well, everyone. at the time, like all yeah. of Paris was like covered in these medieval graveyards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what they did was they unearthed all of these graves, took apart bones and skeletons and bodies, and stacked them underground, like out of graves, mm-hmm. and like in very artistic ways. So there are like, there's a lot there's like a whole plot of just like femur bones mm-hmm. all stacked with skulls kind of intermittently forming heart-shaped patterns and weird things, really, really weird things. Um, and, and for every plot that you go through, it says this plot of bones was from this graveyard during these years and so on and so forth. It's this giant underground maze that goes for something like a mile and a half. Um, and it's so creepy, but it's, it's really haunting and really moving. And you have to walk down all these stairs and then walk all the way back up these stairs and into the gift shop. And you're like, (laughs) (laughs) this is not ADA. This is France. Mm, No, the Parisians don't believe in escalators or elevators. It was stairs everywhere. You have legs, you can walk. By the end of the week, I was like, fucking stairs, her nemesis. Damn it. Um, But yeah, it was really cool. And I ran into my friend Chastin while I was there. I saw that you met you like it's like oh you you are a global citizen. You just run into people in the middle yes. of Paris. Yeah, it really was. It was it was really funny and and there's a larger story there. I'll tell you later. But um, uh, I, we were at Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre and Dame. I wanted to look at like the booksellers' row, but it was kind of um, really cold and about to be rainy out and. Um, so there was only like one little bookseller open, one little bookseller on the the river there. And and Julie like pulled me over into this famous 
bookstore called Shakespeare and yeah. Company Bookstore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she was like, oh, I thought that you were over here. Let's go in. You have to see this bookstore. You have to come in here. And so I was like, okay. So she pulls me in there. I'm literally three steps into the bookstore. And all of a sudden I like turn and I'm like, Chastin? <laughs> he saw me. He was like, Wendy, oh my God. So we like hugged and embraced in the middle of this bookstore across the world. And he was like, if I was straight, this would be so romantic. <laughs> <laughs> If I was straight, I will have ruined your entire vacation. I know. I was like, oh, if you were straight, we'd be married tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was beautiful. It was Bad really jewels. Fun. <laughs> it was, no, it was totally fun to like just run into him. And then we wound up hanging out and getting dessert that night. And he came to the, um, the Sun Chapelle with us the next day to mm-hmm. see like beautiful stained glass. Um, and it was just really, really great. So just, you know. You never know when you're going to just have adventures and run into your peoples, you know. How is it that you know him? So I met him through um, uh, a theater conference years ago. Oh, geez. Years ago, like eight years ago, um, we had done uh, one of the conferences that I'm affiliated with. We decided to do specifically like a youth theater network Um, like mini conference and Mm -hmm. we called it an advance, like an advance in our field. Uh, so it was one weekend in DC and it was specific to the kind of work that we do, devised theater, theater for youth and all that stuff and inclusion work and all of that. And, uh, and he was one of the participants there and he was very like new to the field, about to be a college graduate. And he was just like, I'm new here and, and I'm kind of interested in starting my teaching career and taking steps forward. And so me and my partner who co-chaired the conference, we were like, come under our wing, little one. Scoop, and yeah. scooped him. And so he was just like this. You plucked him from yeah. obscurity. <laughs> it was just fun. Um, and yeah. And now he's, you know, he's a teacher and he's awesome and. And it was it was just fun to see him in Paris. <laughs> so funny. That's so cool. I know it was really cool. Yeah. What was your What was a piece of art that you saw that you thought you would never see, but like there it was. The Thinker, Rodin's The Thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, like going to the Rodin Gardens. We went there in the rain, mm-hmm. and it was really beautiful. And um, when I was in high school, I had lost a friend. She she passed away, but she was very big into. Uh, France and she studied in England and all of that and um, she when she passed away we dedicated like a courtyard at our school mm-hmm. to her memory and had like a statue of the thinker mm-hmm. placed in that courtyard and so seeing seeing the, the thinker, thinker in was, a courtyard. Yeah. was very moving and and cool and I never kind of thought that I would be there I kind of always thought like one day I'd see like the Mona Lisa and, and all that you know mm-hmm. but um but even that was cool, you know. I mm-hmm. everywhere you read, you'll say like the Mona Lisa is actually less impressive than you think it is because it's very small and it's dark and blah 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 and like that's what all the books said, but I walked into that room and it was it was overwhelming. It mm. was really impressive and she is smaller than you think she she would be. She's not like a wall-sized portrait, mm-hmm. but she is the only piece of artwork on one freestanding wall. And so every bitchy fucking tourist yeah. in Europe is like throwing elbows trying to get to the front. So Julie was laughing at me because I am Long Island trash and I elbowed my way up to the front. 
Right. And you're also in a foreign country and fuck that. Exactly. Them. <laughs> so fuck you. I'm never going to see you again. So whatever. Bye. I mean, so <laughs> you, exactly. did, you did see someone you knew from that. I know. <laughs> but like, yes, but, but still. Like, psh, I didn't elbow him. <laughs> so It's like, I don't elbow my friends, Joe. Exactly. Well, I kind of like, you know, I waited my turn and kind of moved my way up to the front. And when people moved, you kind of move up. And yeah. that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. So I'm up front and I'm like taking my time and taking my pictures and, and all of that. And, um, and as everybody who finally makes it up to the front kind of takes their time and in taking photos out of nowhere, this tiny child crawls up like under my armpit to like move to the front. And I teacher swooped him so fast. (laughs) I like lowered my arm and like swept him back out of my space. And I looked him dead in the face and I said, Oh no. (laughs) And his parent pulled him back from me. And I was like, mm. <laughs> discipline your child. Keep it on a leash, please. Get as out a, of my face. As an educator. Listen, <laughs> you're going to get the teacher swoop from me. Uh, uh-uh, no. So, so yeah. So I got my pictures with Lisa, which is funny because then our friend Kathy was like, oh my gosh, like you must have gotten there at the perfect time. There was no one around. And I was like, no, no, there were plenty of people around yeah. and all of them were bitches. <laughs> Not a damn person in that crowd was kind. They were all assholes, every single one of them. But so was I. <laughs> so there. It's like, it's like, when you sleep with dogs, <laughs> no. you get fleas. But I also get my picture. It's okay, but I'm going to get that picture. What? <laughs> And I'm going to look cute. What? You did. You, I, I, I looked and I was like, oh, damn, she got right up there. She's sure like, did. She is homegirls sure with her. Did. Listen, yeah. Hey, homegirl. Hey, Mona, what's going on? I know. <laughs> Me and Lisa, what up? <laughs> Crew. Yeah. So, um, That's, so yeah. So the Mona Lisa was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Got to see the Venus de Milo. And um, mm. it was just really, really cool, beautiful, like, mm-hmm pieces of art that just kind of take your breath away. We went to uh, the Musée de Orsay, mm-hmm. which kind of has, um, it's like a more concentrated, it's, the Louvre is literally like this expanse of like, like a castle, like there are wings to it. Like you yeah. can't, there's you no way, you, you can't yeah. see everything in a day by any means. Probably couldn't see all of it in a week, but um, the the Orsay is a converted railroad station. It's like mm. a converted train station. Nice. So it's it's a little more easy to see the layout of things and to know like which rooms you're going into and kind of always come back to the main hall. Um, and there I saw Starry Night and um, the what else the sunflowers and I saw Picasso and I saw take your breath away Van Gogh's self portrait. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Like all that stuff was like really lovely. So that's kind of how there's just, there's, there's something about like when I went to Chicago for the first time last year and I went to the art Institute Mm -hmm. and there were, there were very specific things that I was trying to see. I was trying, I was thinking about it from like what, as a person who could have lived his entire life on a rock in the middle of the ocean, only reading about things in books and seeing it on the internet, what are the things that I need to make sure that I see in person? Mm-hmm. And it was, I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a label whore. <laughs> like I'm not like a person who is mm-hmm. only looking for notoriety, but at the same time, like if you're in the space, mm-hmm. go do it. Mm-hmm. So I saw, you know, I saw, um, uh, afternoon on Grand Chate, um, 
and and I like and and that was like a transcendent experience for me. I know we're just talking about art now. Like, mm-hmm. art, otherwise, like, I transcendent experience for me because like I sat there and I put my headphones on and I listened to uh, Mandy Patinkin sing "Finishing the Hat" as mm-hmm. I'm like mm-hmm. as I'm <laughs> as I'm watching this and I'm like and I was like. In case uh, we didn't know you were gay before. I know, exactly. I'm like, uh. <laughs> but like, yeah. And then American, I saw American Gothic. Mm-hmm. I saw, they had some Rodan there. Where was this? Uh, Art Institute in Chicago. Oh, word, yeah. Yeah. And I was yeah. just like, I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, it's I've overwhelming. So, yeah. Um, and yeah. Like iconic The things art. that you read about and then you're standing right in front of them. So, so I had experiences like that also later in Montmartre. So, um. So the one thing that we didn't get to do that week was to go to Versailles, which I'm like, Psh, whatever, a big mm-hmm. gay king who covered everything in gold, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'll go to, I'll go to Liberace exhibit. Okay, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the Liberace king, you know, we good. Anyway. It's like, that's like the, like, that's the most trash review of Versailles on Yelp. It's Ever. all like a big, big gay, gay king. king. Cover shit in gold, whatever. Had to walk everywhere. <laughs> Would not return one star. The Sun King, I'm sure you did plenty of good for your people and shit, but whatever. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, that's my review. But I didn't go. We didn't go because we had planned that for the last day that we'd be there that Friday. And we were exhausted by then. Mm-hmm. So we had woken up very, very early that morning to go to the Sacre Coeur, mm-hmm. which is the Sacred Heart Church on the top of the hill. Mm-hmm. And um, Kim, our friend Kim, made me go. She was like, you have to go. It's my favorite place in the whole world. And it's the one place where 24 hours a day, 365, they, um, they just pray for the state of the world. And I'm like, well, that's a lovely sentiment. And apparently, like, when you hike the stairs and you get to the church, you see a whole view of the city. Mm-hmm. So we were like, let's go at sunrise. Let's be there when the sun comes up. Mm-hmm. And how gorgeous will that be? We'll wake up really early. It'll hurt, but we'll wake up early. We'll go. So we woke up early because at this point, I was like, if we don't do it tomorrow, we're not going to do it. Yeah. And so we woke up early. And, <laughs> and I turned to Julie and I was like, can we take a cab there? Because <laughs> I was so, we were so tired. Yeah. She was like, yeah. So all of the steps that that people earn that mm-hmm. when they climb to the Sakaka, literally our cab drove us all the way up the hill <laughs> and dropped us off at the front door of the church. How? Like we did not even climb a single stair. It's like a it's like a hill with stairs. There's Montmartre is uh, the only like hill in the city of Paris. Paris is a pretty flat city. Mm-hmm. So it's it's this hill and like the whole city is kind of on the expanse of this hill. But um, there's all of these steps. The church is at the top. And so there's all of these steps that you... Because the French love stairs. <laughs> you just kind of have to climb up like through the steps and the steps and the steps and more steps and then whatever. Not us. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> Pierre showed up and there he was go. like, follow me, ladies. <laughs> it was like, I'm like, listen, when I look back on my life, I'm going to think about the best 11 euro we ever spent. <laughs> and it was that. 
So literally dropped us at the front door of the church. We were like, <laughs> deuces. Yeah. Um, and that, that last morning, it was, we didn't, we were there for sunrise, but we couldn't see the sunrise because it was so foggy. Mm-hmm. So the church, the whole top of the hillside was like sitting in a cloud. It literally was like covered in fog and we couldn't see anything of the city, but it was so misty and beautiful up there. And walking into that church was like breathtaking. Mm. It was a moving church. And when we walked in, the nuns were singing and it was, it was lovely. It was beautiful. So I'm really glad that we were there that morning. And um, we had planned to do Versailles that afternoon. We were like, okay, let's do the church in the morning. Mm-hmm. We'll get some breakfast. We'll like take a little half hour nap and then we'll go to Versailles. We didn't wake up until like two in the afternoon. Because <laughs> Versailles outside the city. Versailles is a good like hour outside the city. Yeah. So it was like two in the afternoon. Julie looked at me. She's like, we're not going to Versailles. <laughs> she's like, you can't wake up right now. And also like by the time we would get out there, it would be like 3, 3.30 and they close at like five. Like there, yeah. it was just, it wouldn't have been worth You'd our time. You'd have to run. <laughs> it wouldn't have been worth our time. Yeah. So instead we explored Montmartre. Mm-hmm. which was such a blessing in disguise. It was like this clear sign from the universe, like, no, 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 explore this. Here's what I mean by that. We walked into the Musée de Montmartre. Mm-hmm. We saw all of the original bohemian artwork. Mm-hmm. So all of Toulouse-Lautrec. We saw the original Chat Noir poster. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the original. Poster. Like, you can see the layered paper mache mm. in there. Like... Just stunning, like the La Panagine, like mm-hmm. rabbit post, like painting. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw Pica- we saw the Le Panagine. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw the vineyard. You actually went to Le Panagine? We didn't go in, oh, but yeah. we literally were there, like at the building, because mm-hmm. um, it's this tiny little house mm-hmm. that's a cabaret that's still operating. Again, like you can pay for a table and sit and watch a cabaret at night or whatever. Um, so we didn't go. Mm-hmm. But we were there, and so I got my picture in front of their stained glass little cabaret windows and stuff, and then um, walked through the vineyards, all these little like artisan shops. There was um, an exhibition to Salvador Dali, Mm -hmm. and there was just like, it was so clear that we were in the center of Bohemia, where all of these like asshole artists like like made their bones, you know what Mm -hmm, I mean? Like, mm -hmm. Like at the Le Panagile, they were like, Somebody made a bet that um, that like a piece of artwork would be sold for like money that was painted by a donkey. Oh wow! And so they had photographs of like the donkey with a paintbrush in its mouth, like actually painting this artwork. And then that actual painting was there in the the museum of Montmartre. And like all of that, you were like, these are the assholes who were like our people, you know, like mm-hmm. this is where we came from. Um, so it just felt like connection to like. My artistic ancestors, you yeah. know, it was just, it was your just, forebearers. Yeah, your, it was yeah. just like a really lovely way to end our trip in Paris. So, and you stayed there, and you know, you yeah, and that's where that was the neighborhood we were staying in too, which was was really great. So, besides Versailles, what's like a really touristy thing that you also didn't do, like that we didn't do? Yeah, I, I think we did everything. You did the Champs Elysees. Yes. You did. Oh yeah, you I did. bought a beret on the Champs Elysees, ah. and it's all those headshots I took. Yeah, <laughs> straight up right there. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to buy a beret. I literally, so this is a funny story. I told myself I, I didn't buy a single Christmas present for anyone. I didn't buy anything, really. The only thing I bought was a beret. I said, I want to buy a beret in France when I'm there. So we were on the Champs-Élysées. 
walked into this boutique. They had these sweet little, like, mm-hmm. they weren't like, you know, because you can buy shitty berets at like any souvenir shop, but um, this was like a nice one at a boutique. And I was like, I want to spend some money here. So we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so bought this beret, right? And then the, the saleswoman, she gave me like this huge discount on it. And I was like, what's that about? She goes, uh, the French have no personality. So we celebrate Black Friday, but we don't know what's, what it's about. <laughs> and I was oh, like, it was Black Friday. It was, it was actually Thursday. It was oh, Thanksgiving. Nice. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, the French don't know. So we have Black Friday, but no one knows why. And I'm like, well, you can tell them it's when the British stole a country. <laughs> And then you can tell them it's when the Native Americans were robbed. Yeah, so there you exactly. go. It's when all of yeah. uh, it's, it's genocide. <laughs> and tell, them, tell them it's genocide. Basically, it's a really painful day for Native Americans. And I don't know why you guys get discounts from it, but there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so the woman was so, so sweet. The, she she like, gave me a discount for Black Friday. <laughs> and then she gave Julie and I these two full-size umbrellas. She was like, here you go. Like it was a free gift with purchase. Like a full-size clear bubble umbrella yes. that we had to leave behind because it didn't fit in any of our suitcases, which was sad, but still ridiculous. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my so gosh. funny. I know. Did you do any... You didn't do like a Thanksgiving thing there. You you, you didn't no, like... we went out for dinner in the Maui. Yeah. It was it. Yeah. No. Thanksgiving, my ass. Whatever. Yeah. Traveling. Sit. Stood underneath the Eiffel yeah. Tower. No, like you're almost guaranteed to not run into any Americans at that point. Straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, no, no. It was funny because when I was in the the Shakespeare and Company bookstore, Mm -hmm. um, somebody was talking about, yeah, there's a lot of Americans here this week. What's going on? They were like, "Oh, it's Thanksgiving, and no one cares about Thanksgiving, so they're all coming here." Yeah, like, yeah. We we did, we didn't want to be we yeah. didn't want to be we got nothing to be thankful for, right? Uh-huh. I'm like, well, for me, it's just that that's like a you know, my family isn't here; they're not in yeah. town, so it's um, it's an easy time yeah. for me to not feel obligated to yeah. like go home to New York or whatever. Like, and you see them, you see them. I see them enough. It's yeah. like the one week I have to like explore the world. So I'm gonna see the whole fucking world one Thanksgiving at a time, Josephine. <laughs> One Thanksgiving at a time. Which so which begs the question yeah. then, which begs the question then, when do I take that week of Thanksgiving off and take you to Guam so that way? Oh, ooh, because Philippines is also right there too. So we could do like a couple days in Guam, a couple days in Philippines. Listen, we will we will discuss. But next Thanksgiving, I'm going to China. That's oh my god, you've already picked it out. Well, next Thanksgiving, I'm going for my 40th birthday with my sister. Oh my gosh! So yeah. Where? Oh, off converse. All well, we're gonna be all over China, but well, yes, we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk. Yeah, but that's gonna be my fortieth birthday trip. Next I have year. I have opinions because yeah. I've been to China and I I have we'll opinions. Talk. I have okay. opinions. Okay, okay, we'll talk off. We're gonna do five minutes only for dancing with this. Okay, are you timing me? <laughs> well, not. I mean, I won't time you, but like, I don't think we're gonna do like it won't it won't con- like it won't consume the episode because. Well, first of all, do we need to talk about the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? Did you watch? Um, I watched. I watched what was important. I watched. The we kiss. watched the Broadway shows. <laughs> yes, I watched was from Broadway. There was a big shows, old lesbian uh, kiss on the prom. The big old lesbian kiss. I was like, you know, I mean, you know, the prom. It, it looked like one of those shows where it's like a I, show that's going to close tomorrow. So yeah. let's put it in the parade. Let's put it in the parade. There it is. You and know. and sure enough, it announced its closing. <laughs> you know, because it's because they're probably not going to get nominated for anything, right? No, yeah. no, no, no. But you know, cool, groundbreaking, lesbian yeah. kiss. 
in the parade. It'll be great. You know, someone will do it regionally. (laughs) That's going to be a show that will tour high schools. Yeah, tour high schools. That will be a show that will will have great success when people start doing it at their schools. Um, Other than that, Yay, Macy's. I love me a goddamn parade, but I recorded it and I still haven't watched it. It was apparently like the coldest Thanksgiving, like in recorded history. In recorded history. And made you probably really thankful to not be there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cold in France too, though. It was was snowed the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I was like, whatever. Have fun with your parade, guys. I'm over here eating croissant. Okay, bye. Yeah. Um, Okay. I'm a pano chocolate. Uh-huh. <laughs> totally. Okay. Dancing with the stars. Dancing with the stars. <laughs> Perfected my. You did. You really did. Fuck that guy, man. Fuck, <laughs> Fuck that. That guy. Listen, fives. If you are listening to this, listen, and fives. You, the tens listen, are speaking, the, like. the fives of listeners who follow us, bless your souls. But fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck that guy. First of all, you know what we're talking about because you list you suffered through our podcast even, last month. But <laughs> I don't even know his fucking name. I don't even care to know his name. I just know we're not spoiling anything when we say Bobby Bones. Ugh. What? Fuck that guy. The fuck. Fuck that guy. Ugh. I love Shauna Bur- Sharna Burgess too. I actually really like her. I've loved her. She is one of my. She, mm. Her. Um, her, Sasha, like, I love, I love the pros. I'm kind of mostly here for the pros. You're here for the pros. And I love Sharna. You know why I love Sharna? I was here for Milo. Milo Mannheim, he was my pick this year. Yeah. I, fuck Did you see the look on his face? (laughs) Yes. He was like, the fuck? Everyone was like, the fuck? And then social media girl, at least she got laid out of this. And then... And who knows how long that's going to fucking last. Two minutes, I'm sure. Wait, so it was social media girl who was fucking her partner. Yes. It was Uh, Milo Mannheim. I'm dedicating my dance to you. Like, fuck you. Whatever. So gross. (laughs) Milo Mannheim, who... Teenager Cameron Mannheim's son. Cameron Mannheim's son. He was dancing his fucking ass off. Yeah, if he comes out in the next couple of years, I'll be okay with it because he is. <laughs> he has a lot of like. He has a lot of swish. <laughs> to the point where I'm just kind of like, I don't know if that's like. Nah, he doesn't read as gay to me. Then I just hope then that like toxic masculinity doesn't claim him I and don't he think like so. goes to the uh, like he does a Justin Bieber on us. Mm-mm, you know what I'm saying? No, I want him to do like a Nick Jonas. I think so. He seems. He's mama's boy. That's right. Well, his, you know, his mom's a progressive woman. So. Exactly. And he loves his moms. Um, who was the third, um, the third player? Luna Lovegood, right? Got it. Yes. Why? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Ilyana Lynch. <sighs> sorry, or friends. Ilyana, whatever. I was, you too. Sorry, Ravenclaw. Sorry. You of all. I know. Aren't I know. you the head girl? Like, <laughs> <laughs> my apologies to my fellow Ravenclaws. I am sorry. Um, Okay, so the three of them, I mean, it could have gone to, if it had gone to any three of them, I would have felt aight with it. I would have been a little bitter that it didn't go to Milo, but I would have been all right if it had gone to any of the three. I kind of thought it was going to start to go to Social Media Girl because of all the hype of like her sleeping with her partner and all that. Mm-hmm. And her like performance per- with all those guys. Yeah, right? And the Ooh. producers like kind of working that angle and all that shit. Yeah. Which get which basically guarantees that fucking Alan's gonna be on this show till the wheels fall off. Exactly. Yeah. The fact that Bobby Bones was even in the finale pissed me off. He should have been eliminated like four weeks ago. God. So it's announced in the end. There was no like, oh, you're in third place, you're this elimination. They didn't eliminate one by one throughout the night. 
It literally was like the four of them standing up there. They announced the winner. And then it ended. And everyone was like, the fuck? <laughs> Cut to credits. Done. And like even the judges, did you see the judges? They were like, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> they were like, we need to revamp some stuff. Yeah. It's what? like Trump's America is here this to This is say. Trump's America, guys. In Trump's America. The like, Russians hacked that vote. The Russians. Uh, call Robert Mueller right now. Robert Mueller. The Russians Mueller. also hacked the, the Dancing with can the you Stars imagine? Vote. Can you imagine Bruno testifying in Congress? It's like... <laughs> Oh God! Here's the thing. Here is the thing about it was so bad about all of that. He did what was his? He did his dedicated his dance to his fans. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I was like, this is bullshit. Like he also like he even said it straight Country up. Country kids, like, yo, like this is Trump's America. That's why, like, that's why I don't watch The Voice anymore because The Voice it's always either. it's always Blake Shelton that wins because it's fucking Blake Shelton, and then he always he always picks some like country person and the country person always wins when we know that the most successful people that ever come out of, of those shows are are pop are pop people or they have some country but like mm-hmm. it's that's why i fucking hate watching i i don't watch yeah, the voice i anymore. haven't watched that and i don't i think i watched like the first season and that was it yeah the first season was the it, the first two seasons were probably the best two seasons mm-hmm. and then everything else is all like super derivative and whatever but mm-hmm. it ends up it's like this is what happens when people Vote. And you have to think, like, yes, you think about, you got to think about, like, who their audience is. You got to think about, like, it's a major network, mm-hmm. so everyone has access to more of this stuff and who votes and stuff. God, it just felt so wrong, though. I it know. Like, it, because you would like to think that, like, common sense But would also, prevail. like, the numbers. Can we talk about the numbers? Like, Bobby Bones, the highest score he got the whole mm-hmm. season was, like, an eight, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think he did. He get a nine. He might have gotten a courtesy he, nine. I think like they maybe in the finale. It's one of those where it's like they. I feel like at a certain point they start rating everybody the same no matter yeah. what because then well, they like, want the people generally. To speak. Yeah. You make it to the finale. It's kind of standard that like everyone's getting tens across the board once they're at the finale yeah. stage of it. Bobby Bones only got like he was getting eights mm-hmm. up until that that week. And he got like a courtesy nine, mm-hmm. whereas everyone else in the finale was getting tens across the board. Injustice. Injustice. Fuck that. He does not deserve to be up there with Michelle Kwan. Fuck no. He does not deserve to be up there with Drew Lachey, Alfonso Ribeiro. He does not deserve. Not with Amber Riley. Not no. With, no, Amber mm-hmm. Riley. No. No. I am. Mm. Mm. Fuck him. Fuck him and his stupid buddy Holly glasses. Fuck him. Oh God. I know. It was it was from the neck unjust. down. From the neck down fuckable, but no. <laughs> no. I mean, attractive-ish sort. If you're sure. into like if you're into like a like semi-flamboyant country bro, you it, know. That's it. Like in personality, I was like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like be humble. And like no, anyway. Mm. It was I was watching it. I texted uh, Josephine and I was not like, since Master P. No. <laughs> you God remember. sure do. Oh. Not God. since Michael Bolton. Not since remember? Oh Jesus. <laughs> I texted Josephine and I was like, 
please holla at your girl when you're done watching this. <laughs> like, my God, we need to discuss. What I, the fuck? And I watched it late, and I was like, "What the fuck was that? <laughs> what in the fuck?" I woke up the next morning to, <laughs> to his reactions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, you had a very eleven nine morning. You were just like, "What? What world are we living in? Like, what is going on?" <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It was real bad. Okay, let's move on. You wanted to discuss some local theater that you saw and some yes. Netflix shows. So last night I got to I got a chance to see uh, the touring cast of Wait. Mm-hmm. to the civic and the thing about the thing about anybody who is a like literate theater person that sees things in San Diego at the Civic Theater is that sometimes you know as 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 fortunate as we are to have these big theater shows come in sometimes depending on the show sound is a little wonky where you sit you uh. know so this show none like i know what it was it was the best viewing experience of a show really? that i had ever had at Good. the civic and i don't know i don't know what they did because i usually like, i sat in the mezzanine uh-huh. you know so it's still high up I, I see it i see shows in that area in in that particular section regularly but for this particular one i thought it was i thought they did it I thought it was very well. Every there weren't like any major, super major issues. You can hear everybody, you know, really great. Mm-hmm. The show itself was really fun. Mm-hmm. It was like you know exactly kind of what I exactly kind of like what I needed and what I wanted out of like you know that particular experience. The one thing I will say is that like at intermission, I was like, are all the men in the show trash? Like, mm. are all. <laughs> Are they all trash? And I w- maybe want to watch the movie. I was like, I feel like every single man in this show is trash. And and by like, and I have to say, by 2018 standards, mm-hmm. this all these men are trash. Yeah. That being said, I mean, I, Sarah Bareilles could do no wrong, but she wrote a beautiful show. Yeah, she really did. Um, yeah, it's definitely a flawed story. Yeah. You know, but it's it's about flawed people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And. And I like I there were some really funny moments like in the second act that I thought were really great. And I saw it with gays. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've I've one thing that kind of happened this year that I felt like I'd secreted <laughs> I secreted out was that I've really built this community of like close queer gay friends uh-huh. that I didn't have before that I'm like really, really grateful for. Good. So that was my experience at Waitress. Yay. I loved that show. I saw You saw it at uh, the Brooks Atkinson, right? And I saw it when it opened, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um when that <laughs> that show I had a ticket for it to see in the evening, I think, one night. Um and my train broke down. <gasps> and I was sitting on the train waiting for the train to start again and to move or to to get the next train to come along. And I missed that matinee. Oh no. Because of the Long Island railroad. (laughs) I was so pissed. So by the time I wound up getting into the city, uh, I walked uptown and, um, and like went to the theater and was like, like, what can I do? Can I exchange whatever? And I couldn't. So I wound up just getting another ticket for another day. But, Um, you know, I had had like a floor seat, like in the orchestra Mm -hmm. that was like an $80 seat or something. And, um, and so when I was trying to like figure out like the only other seats available for like the one day I had available to see it again, Mm -hmm. were like $150 seats or something like that. And then the box office lady goes, well, if you want to sit in the box, 
like up in one of like the boxes on the side, which I had never done. <gasps> oh, I were was, you just the fanciest lady? She was like, that's an $80 seat. That was the same ticket price. And I was like, yes, I do. So for waitress, my memory of waitress is only seeing stage right because I was sitting in the house right booth. I was sitting like up in the house right box, right? So what the lady in the box theater? office told me was yeah. she was like, the only thing you'll miss in that extreme seat is the fact that like the orchestra sits on stage. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's the only thing I didn't see, but I saw everything else. And when I sat in the box, there were like four chairs there. And there were these three ladies who were there that were like older African-American women who were celebrating someone's birthday. By the end of the show, the four of us were like great friends taking selfies together and shit. Like it was so much fun. (laughs) And it was such a beautiful show. Yeah. Yeah, So that's the experience I remember that I hated the Long Island Railroad and that I made three friends in the box. Nice. Thanks, waitress. Thanks, waitress. That's a good... That's a because I've been to that theater before, Um, and yeah, it's that's a nice little space there. Cool. Mm -hmm. The other things I want to talk about were two Netflix shows Uh um, because you know as we are going into the colder months, um, fives of listeners, whether you are (laughs) here in Southern California or abroad in you know Siberia, you it's time to sit down and you know lay down with a blanket and wrap yourself up in love. Wrap yourself. Wrap yourself up. <laughs> uh, of course, you can't. You can't. You, you can't. know, no, no. I know. Um, the two shows that I want to bring up are one that is a, a weekly. It's a. It's one of those Netflix weekly shows where they just put all the episodes up, but every week for like the next ten weeks or whatever, they're going to release a new episode. Oh, cool! So that's um, Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj, mm. and Hassan Minaj is. You know, most well known for his uh, stint as a correspondent on The Daily Show. With Trevor Noah. Yes, with Trevor Noah. Mm-hmm. But also, um, he was like one of the last people that John um, John Stewart hired before mm-hmm. he got to Trevor Noah. And then he's also famous for like he did his, um, he had a one man show that what, became a Netflix special mm-hmm. um, about his life growing up in Davis and being, you know, a Muslim Indian man. His show... Um, Patriot Act is really great because it's basically 20 minutes of him going deep dive in the way that he does with all of this like PowerPoint presentations, data screens in the background and his particular brand of humor. But like the, the deep dives he goes in and they go in hard on like all these things. He talks about Saudi Arabia, the oil crisis, immigrant, um, immigration, but like it's takes it's all things that, you know, pretty liberal people that are know about, but like he goes and takes it a step further and actually shows you things that you may not know mm. or presents things in a very different way. Cool. So Patriot Act, I've been looking, I watch it every Sunday, the last couple Sundays um, that it's been out since this month. So it's Sweet. been great. Cool. The other one is The Final Table. These are all like reality kind of shows. Okay. Like is the, that the chef's? That's that the a, chef one. Okay. So it is a chef. It's a competition, food competition show that's kind of like Iron Chef. Is that also released weekly? No, that one's all, they're all out. So you could just watch the last one and know who wins it. You could, which I was totally tempted to do. <laughs> I know. But like the journey that I was brought on and oh. like the, the entire like 10 episodes was just fast. And it's like over dramatic like it's perfect to have on in the background uh-huh. if you're doing other things because like it's very minimal commitment but the the kind of like 
the production value that Netflix is putting into this like competition show is insane. And everything is just so overdramatic. But like the premise of it is that there's 24 teams of two chefs each and the two chefs um, each compete. Um, It's two rounds of competition. The first round is three judges from a, from a particular country um, present the national dish of that country and the Mm -hmm. chefs must make their interpretation. So for, uh, for Spain, it was paella Ah. for Mexico. It was tacos for, you know, and then they go down the list. It was like Brazil and Japan and all these other things. Okay. I'm intrigued. It's, it's, it's very, you know, very low, low commitment. If you're doing your holiday baking, low commitment, just put it in the background. I like that. I like that. I like some background noise. I've been doing that lately with Jeopardy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cause it's on Netflix. Netflix too. They put a bunch of episodes on. Yeah, uh, I think but old I also episodes. have like DVR episodes, yes. so I just like catch up for the week while like just background noise. Yes. Yeah. So yes, the final table. Good to know. The if you're like me, because I love cooking competition shows. Uh-huh. It's like cooking competition shows, Drag Race. <laughs> that's those are, it. Those are, that's it. So speaking of, and we have to add that to our December list too. Yes. We have so much coming up next month, fives of listeners. Yes. This is uh, December. They're ending culture in a good in a good time. They always do. So in December, we're ending with there's a RuPaul's Drag Race. There's two there's, RuPaul's. There's, yeah. So what's going... So tell so us there. So there's... The, on the 7th of December is the RuPaul's Drag Race Holiday Spectacular. It's like a one... Only a like a one-time competition where they're bringing back some, some girls. I actually do not know much about it other yeah. than like they're bringing alumni back mm-hmm. and then they're going to do some holiday challenge and it's going to get real gay. I will say this. On Sirius XM Radio yesterday... I heard RuPaul's You're My Star on the Holiday Channel. (laughs) And it was RuPaul singing a holiday jam about you being the star on my tree. And I was like, Ru, are we there now? We're really, we're there? Okay. All right. Oh, with holiday music? Yeah. RuPaul has two holiday albums. Okay. See, I didn't know this. So anyway, I heard her jam like on Sirius XM's holiday station. Oh my God. The most recent one. Oh Jesus. The most recent one I play and there's two songs off it that are like actually pretty good. I'm afraid to say. Um, I also found out that uh, Bounce artist Big Frida released um, released a holiday album and one of the best songs on it is Santa is a Gay Man. <laughs> so anyway. Nice. But nice. yeah, so so that's the holiday one. And then New All-Stars. New All-Stars. Yes. My girl Latrice is yes! back. Yes. We are Team Latrice. This all is the a way. La- this is way. a Latrice podcast i do not want to hear it you are in the house of latrice royale Mm -hmm. up in this family don't even try to come for us do not even any other way for us do not even don't no get to step in trinity who no no monet who latrice monique who jasmine masters bye gun bye Mm -hmm. Uh-uh. No, not absolutely, bitch. Uh-uh. Latrice going to take it all. She's going to eat y'all for dinner. Yes. Bye. No, they better do... They need... They uh, Rue owes Manila and Latrice. Because All Stars 1... She putting, did them so wrong. Did yeah. them so fucking dirty. You yeah, know. it did them real dirty. So All these other bitches going to get the chop. And yeah. it is going to be good. Straight up. Straight up. Anyway, can't wait. <laughs> Like we are, we are <laughs> firmly in Camp Latrice. Girl, it's hot. Girls, it's hot in here because we flaming. <laughs> it just, flame is on. It just got heated, real serious. We are so here for 
it. Okay, so that's coming up. Also, also that first week of December, the Golden Globe nominations are coming yes. out. Thrilled about that. Um, I'm going home to New York for Christmas. I have a sixth show lineup already. Jesus. How long are you going to be there? It's, uh, two weeks. It's it's going to be a couple days of theater going. That's it. There's oh my two. God. There's two two show days in there. Um, and also the Kennedy Center Honors coming up. Do we know who's being honored? Cher. <gasps> also, they're honoring Hamilton. The Hamilton, like the, the cabinet. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I forgot who else is being honored, but I have it written down somewhere. Trust, we'll talk so much about it. Okay. Um, and yeah. So there's much coming up in December. Also, we should note that December, you won't be able to see it, but maybe Joe and I'll be wearing some party hats because it will be the commemorative end of year. The year in review. Year in review podcast for this fledgling art time of the month, yeah, which slash, we're really proud of. Yes. Slash year in review slash what is the year to come? Yeah. The a little bit making come. some artistic predictions for 2019. Yes. Um, but I'm yeah. so behind on my like, on my like potential Oscar buzz movie watching. Yeah. So that's all going to so be coming behind. up next month mm-hmm. for sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So thanks for joining us. Is there anything else we need to put a button on it? No. All right. Let's move into December, y'all. Merry, merry to you and yours. Merry, merry. Go see some art. Bye. Bye.